Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. So self-awareness and, 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 and being humble in you know, every step of your career or your business. I think being humble is you know, one, of the, one of the key things. It's always better to maybe underestimate yourself a little bit than to overestimate, in my opinion. Again, that's what helped me. This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Edwin Frondozo. Welcome. How are you doing? How's your day going? Thank you for taking the time to, to join me today. This is episode number 90, and my guest today is Alexander Livovich the Managing Director of Volvo Cars Canada. Alexander assumed this leadership position as the head of the Volvo Car Sales, Marketing and Service Business in Canada in 2016. After 20 years of automotive experience, including finance, sales and marketing, and manufacturing in Canada, United States, and Eastern Europe. In our conversation, we discuss why Volvo is still the leading European car brand in the world. With the automotive industry so competitive, we talk about how Volvo stayed innovative and ahead of all the other brands. Alexander talked about the three difficult things that, that he learned that helped him grow. As a strong business leader he is today, he actually shared some experiences and some bad decisions that affected business operations. Our sponsors today are Pungo, a payment solution that helps remove business friction by making payments fast, connected, and easy to use. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Alex. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for taking your time out of your busy day. I know... I know just us scheduling this, and before we went on record, mm-hmm. I know just you know barring your time is very difficult, so I really appreciate your time to join us. But I'd like to start off by introducing yourself to our listeners today, who people who may be learning about you for the first time. Let us know who who's Alex, and what do you like to do when you're not growing or leading businesses? No, for sure. Well... Uh in obviously professional life, I'm the managing director for Volvo Canada, so for Volvo Cars uh, distribution company in our great country, um, and I'm sure we'll uh, have a chance to talk about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a personal life, uh, happy uh, husband, father, uh, I have a 10-year-old son, um, so you know, fairly active person uh, in terms of sports. We actually talked a little bit about running, uh, did a few half marathons. Um, I love playing all types of games, tennis, basketball are my favorites. And, uh, you know, staying active, traveling, um, obviously as much as my schedule permits. So right. that, that's kind of a, in a nutshell. I mean, one thing you just mentioned, and I know, I know my listeners out there know that I'm from Toronto, huge basketball fan. Like, how are you loving the Toronto Raptors this year? Well, listen, it's, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, my, um, my son is a huge fan. And of course, as with young kids, you know, they're all big uh, Warriors fans these days. Of course. And uh, of course, he's a Raptors fan. So the last game that we uh, witnessed, you know, a great victory, which we're all hoping for the finals, right? My little one was wearing two jerseys. You know, there was Golden <laughs> State underneath and the Raptors on top. 
And the story was um, you know, he was planning to watch the first half in the Raptors jersey, then take it off and uh, watch the second half in the Golden State. And he actually, for some reason, wanted Golden State to win because he said Raptors are killing it. There's no need for them to win. They'll still win the uh, conference and for Golden State needs need some help. And of course, he fell asleep after the first half. And then I just told him in the morning that our team won. So that was a funny story for me well, about he, the Raptors. He's a smart little man. Yeah, for you sure. Know, he knows how to... It hedges bets already. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but Alex, let's let's start off. I, I know you mentioned that you know that you're managing director of Volvo Canada. Let us know about what your current role is and your responsibilities are, and perhaps what you're trying to accomplish over the next six to twelve months. Well, we're we're a small company. We're a small group of people representing a fairly large business and uh, very big brand. At least, obviously, in our opinion, I think uh, if you ask you know people randomly on the street, everybody knows what Volvo is and Volvo stands for. But um, but in Canada, we're a group of you know roughly about forty people. And again, I have a you know a privilege and uh, really having a lot of fun leading this group. It's a you know national sales company. We have thirty seven retailers. Um, across the country, pretty much coast to coast. Um, and, uh, you know, we bring the best and the latest in Volvo products, you know, beautiful new cars, you know, our all new lineup that we're tremendously proud of um, uh, to, you know, Canadian customers through our retailers, working with the retailers, you know, finding new ways to, um, uh, you know, have people experience our company, our products and our services. As far as the next six to 12 months, um, you know, we've grown tremendously. This last um, two and a half years I've been here, you know, we doubled our sales volumes, which, you know, looking back, you know, seemed impossible. But again, on the back of a great product turnaround and great team here, we've grown our team. So, um, you know, we're completing our portfolio from a product standpoint. You know, we're launching so sort of the remaining of the newest cars um, in the next few months, you know, the new S60, the new V60 cross country. And uh, now the product is full, the lineup is there. So we need to grow from here now through, you know, finding new ways, whether it's, you know, launching our, you know, new and first actually ever in Canada, I'll say it proudly, subscription service, which is launched at uh, about a month ago, care by Volvo, working with our retailers, you know, with our dealers across the country, making sure that our customers get the experience that, you know, is um, consistent with the luxury brand we hope and we think we are. Um, and of course, uh, making sure people know and get to know this new Volvo, because, you know, one thing we're finding is, you know, it's, it's difficult to uh, elevate the brand, especially when you experience maybe some times that weren't that glamorous a few years ago. And uh, now, you know, the, the product's there, you know, on power better than competition, we, we, we believe. And uh, there's still quite a few people that don't know the new face of Volvo. You know, they don't know about innovations in various areas. And that's really our job. Our job over the next 12 months, hopefully, to bring ourselves in front of as many Canadian uh, customers as possible. No, that that's super interesting. And I, I definitely appreciate the luxury brands. Um, I do own a European luxury brand. I'm not going to name whether it's Volvo or not. Uh, we'll keep, we'll keep the okay. list. It's we'll, okay. Uh, yeah, you'll give us a chance in the future. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I'm, lear I'm learning about it. But, um, you know, Volvo is a luxury brand, and, and I, I've known it ever since I was young. I always looked at them, and, and they always had something special. So how do you, you know, as, as the leader within this sales organization, how do you ensure that Volvo con continues to stay competitive within this category in Canada? I mean, even with the newer entries, 
into mm-hmm. the market, right? Well, I think uh, what we're trying to do is, you know, our product is as strong as it's ever been. You know, we got the two uh, trucks of, uh, of the year, SUV of the year awards in the last three years. I don't think there's any company in the history, and not, let alone European company, they, that got those, you know, prestigious awards in the last two years, um, you know, from Detroit. But um, I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to, as probably everybody else, to differentiate ourselves. You know, and if you, and if you look at it, um, you know, we, we stay, uh, we always stay true to our core, which is safety. Mm-hmm. We have always been and will always be the safest car. It's always brand. the safest car you hear yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and now uh, safety is translated through this really cool and sexy technology, you know, with, uh, um, you know, pedestrian detection and uh, braking assist. And, uh, you know, our car now can detect uh, cyclists and uh, large animals and, uh, uh, you know, keep yourself in the lane with uh, our semi autonomous driving. So this technology, all of a sudden, from just being nuts and bolts, all of a sudden it's cool. So we're because trying. it wasn't cool before. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so that's, you know, part of it. You know, the new designs, you know, these beautiful Scandinavian lines, uh, you know, again, we're trying to separate ourselves and make it fresh and young mm-hmm. um, as well from a design standpoint. Um, and, and, of course, uh, environmentally, right? That, that's one of the challenges that we're trying to uh, tackle as a company. And, you know, we made this big statement last year that starting from 2019, all the cars we're going to launch will be electrified, you know, whether it's fully electric or, or plug-in hybrids or, or mild electric. And again, it was a bold statement, you know, by, by our organization globally. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to happen, obviously. And I think... You know, all so these three things, you know, taking care uh, of the environment with electrification, taking care of the technology and safety, um, and, you know, these beautiful designs, that's what energizes ourselves, you know, our, our, new, our, our new organization. We, we've grown, you know, probably in half in the last couple of years. We have a lot of uh, new talent, you know, uh, new people joining us in the, in the last couple of years. And I can see, you know, through the daily interactions with the team, like how excited everybody is to be part of this huge evolution that, you know, if you look at the history of big brands and Volvo, you know, is a 90 year old brand, it doesn't happen very often. So you feel like you, you know, you're part of something very significant, you know, part of this brand growth that happens probably, you know, a few times in a, in a lifetime of a, of a company. No, that, I mean, it's super interesting. And you brought up a lot of things in terms of um, technologies that are, that are new out there, consumers that understand it, um, you know, the buzzwords that you said, like uh, electrical cars, self-driving, yep. self-autonomous. I mean, five, 10 years ago, even in the auto industry, that was buzzwords, right? They were mm-hmm. really buzzwords and no one really... Nobody took it seriously. Yes. No one took it seriously. No one thought. So I guess for you and and for the brand, and I mean, it's super competitive, the auto industry. I mean, you're, I can't even imagine it. I mean, everyone knows most of the cars out there and everything is moving towards autonomous. Everything is moving towards electrical cars. So how are, how is Volvo? How is your team? How are you ensuring to stay ahead to stay innovative are there different things that you're doing within your team or or is it all just coming from head office uh, strategy well it you know it's good that you split the question probably into yeah. those two you know I'll, I'll start with the head office again it's not us but you know I'll, and i'll talk about you know what do we do here locally yeah. you know from the head office i have to you know take my hat off to the engineers and designers in sweden um, uh, start with engineers because, uh, you know, you go back 
almost 10 years now, 2009, when uh, we made the statement that uh, we're going to eliminate uh, all the V6 and V8 engines and all our powertrains are going to be four-cylinder, you know, uh, turbo and supercharged powertrains. Back then, nine years ago, it'll be 10 years uh, in 2019, that was incredible. Like, no, you know, people were looking at us like we had two heads, like, what are you guys doing? Nobody's going to ever buy a vehicle, let alone a luxury car with a four-cylinder engine. Right. And fast forward 10 years, everybody, including luxuries, are, you know, are, are equipping their um, uh, vehicles with four-cylinder engines, state-of-the-art technology, et cetera, et cetera. But it was a bold, bold statement, so they made it happen. Um, of course, with the safety technology, with um, with with um, uh, subscription ideas, you know, these guys in the center, that they came up with a lot of, you know, those... Um, you know, first uh, uh, thought starters that, you know, translated then in, into this new technology. Um, on our level, you know, if you if you bring it back to Canada, um, you know, we're one of the few markets that launched Care by Volvo. So we looked at it, we said, okay, great idea. Um, it's about time, you know, mobility, as you said, is a, you know, it's a thing, but uh, there, isn't, there isn't really anybody who introduced subscription yet to Canada. I'm talking about the major OEMs. Mm -hmm. So we looked at the global program. We looked at Canada. Um, uh, we looked at what this offer should include. So, uh, you know, and we decided, okay, it should be convenient. It should be online. It should be a few clicks and you can order the car. Oh, by the way, it's Canada. So it's cold. It's winter. <laughs> there's snow, uh, you know, uh, winter tires thing so we decided to for example include a set of winter tires so there's you know those small ways you know I, you can call it innovate you can call it adjust our you know central ideas to to this market so you know that's one thing um, secondly because we're the small organization we do you know talk and interact with our customers and our retailers directly I hope, and that's what we're trying to do in a, in a better way, because we're small. There's no hierarchy. There's no 10 levels of management, you know, between, uh, um, you know, our customers or dealers and then all the way to me. So uh, that's that's another way how we're trying to be nimble, we're trying to be fast, and, and that will allow us to react to, you know, the, the changes in the marketplace, any kind of competitive actions. And that's, I would call it more of a, you know, management you know, know-how that were very, very accessible, approachable, and, uh, you know, all the way, you know, from me at the top of the company, again, and we're a very flat organization, mm -hmm. down to, you know, we just launched um, a new program uh, earlier this year. We, we hired uh, uh, interns from McMaster University, 12-month interns, and that's what I told the guys. First of all, I went to the site to interview the guys in person. Wow. And uh, I'm pretty sure I probably was, and I have probably been the only executive, like, you know, the leader of the company who came in personally to, to talk to the potential students. And then I told them and I said, guys, you will be at the table with me. You will have a chance to challenge the rest of the organization and me and take part in the decision making. And fast forward, you know, they started in May and uh, we just put together a nice video we put on we put on LinkedIn where we let them speak. You know, what's what was your experience? And, um, you know, so we, we gave a chance to this, you know, very young, very ambitious, very talented uh, a group of people to really make an impact. So, right. again, trying to, you know, bring the best ideas and, of course, make them happen. That's amazing. And, and I think that's also probably the benefit of being a smaller team with a global brand. Um, oh, 100%. You're, you're yes. able to also lead, lead, lead in terms of... Uh, I guess colleagues around the world, de depending on their market size and, and their team size as well. Um, super fascinating. Really appreciate that. I want to change the gears a little. I love saying gears while I'm talking to a car person, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
and more towards you know who you are as a business leader and how you've grown um, to, to to get the roles where you you've you've gone to and uh, to leading a national organization. So I'd love it if you could share any any key difficult decisions that you had to make along the way. It could be past, it could be very recent that really you know you had to make. You maybe you lost sleep. Maybe it was like. It could be anything, but it eventually allowed you to grow after you did it. Well, I think, you know, several things I'd say. My background, and I didn't, you know, mention it in the beginning, um, you know, most two-thirds of my career, probably three-quarters of my career, um, I was in finance. I was a CFO of uh, Volvo Canada. I was a controller of our business in the States. So um, before coming back to lead this organization, so, you know, you need a certain mindset, not just good with numbers, but, you know, really understanding how, how the numbers represent the business. And it's really, the, you know, one of the best ways of understanding your business is through, you know, understanding your performance and your financial performance. So um, I really wanted to, well, I guess I'll take a step back. First of all, through every step of my career, whether I, I was in finance supporting manufacturing sites, you know, back overseas in Eastern Europe, where I'm from, or in Canada, or, um, uh, or you know, running and working with a sales and marketing organization, I never looked at myself as a finance leader. So I guess advice to, you know, our finance listeners is that, uh, you know, you always have to think about driving the business and not, and not just the numbers. So I always worked very, very closely, part of the team, and uh, not just part of the team, but driving the decisions together. So when this opportunity came up and I obviously really, really wanted it and pushed for it, I realized that, well, there's a big difference between a co-pilot you know, of the business and the pilot, because all of a sudden the responsibility is on your shoulders and then you have to make decisions. Um, and I guess, so to answer your question, what are the difficult things that I learned? What's what helped me grow? Well, mm -hmm. first of all, I, one thing I had to really quickly learn is... Um, uh, timing of decision making is critical, and sometimes uh, faster decision is better than the right decision, uh, because uh, you, you know not making a decision is the worst possible option. So that I had to learn pretty quickly. Um, uh, another, I think, lesson I learned when I started, because you know we we had some challenges to be honest with you with the, with the organization when mm -hmm. I, when I came here, and and I learned to be patient. Uh, because you can't fix everything overnight. And if you start stressing about every single detail, every single step, you're just going to stress yourself to, you know, complete um, inefficiency and like you, you're going to stall. So I, I, I taught myself to prioritize and to, you know, solve some bigger issues first. And of course, then be patient that we'll get, uh, you know, to maybe some smaller tasks. And of course, Another big thing, as pay, and if with, with me, I think it was probably the biggest experience in my career where we had to restructure and we did have to say goodbye to some people. Um, and one thing I keep telling my direct reports or, you know, my business partners is it's never easy. You know, at the end of the day, you have a person in front of you that you decided that, you know, it's not a good fit. And as much as non-performance and, you know, um, relationship issues you've had in the past, at the end of the day, you know, it's very difficult to be that strong business leader and you do see that person in front of you. So, uh, but then of course, you know, the only way out is you look back and you look at those 40 people behind you that now depend on the business. So you have to make those difficult decisions. And I had to make a few, quite a few in the beginning, but, um, but after you do that, you feel good. You know, you feel good for the people that are, you know, on this journey that they, they see that, um, you know, if we had certain gaps that they're addressed, uh, you know, they see that we are making decisions that need to be made, and then they have this renewed faith 
in you, you know, as a leader of the company, and then not, they don't just follow, but they want to take it to the next level. Hey there, if you're enjoying this conversation and have any questions, comments, or feedback, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. So please join me on my free private Facebook group where I share daily insights, answer daily questions, and connect you to other like-minded business leaders. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash FB group or search for The Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. Now let's get back to it. You shared a couple of things and, and I really appreciate that and two of them, and they could be related. Um, I wanted you to you know, talk a bit more about making decisions fast, even though they might be bad. And it and to me, when I hear things about, you know, I had to fire my friend, um, sometimes, and I've heard stories, you know, where they didn't do it fast. They actually had, they took their time because they, they hoped it would do that. Um, I'd love to get, you know, certain situations when, you know, when you actually had to either make the decision fast or was there a key situation where you just didn't make a decision and it really affected things? Good question. Good question. You know, going back, um, you know, some of the, um, some of the program changes, for example, we, um, um, you know, we, we took some time um, to finalize our facility program with our retailers and, um, you know, I wish we made it a little bit more streamlined in the beginning would have given, you know, people a little more time, but, you know, again, it, it in, in the end it worked out, but we, we should have moved a little bit faster. Um, um, you know, with, with those decisions, I can tell you in the beginning, um, when I started, I learned really, uh, fast that product is key. So securing that production capacity from, from, uh, you know, from the global organization is extremely important and you cannot waste any time. And then you have this long lead time. And, you know, if you think about our process, right, the cars are built, they're built in Europe. Um, um, they're built now in the, in America, but you know, there's good four or six months between the point in time where you put the order and then the car actually lands here. So you have to have faith in yourself and the organization uh, to know that you will deliver and then the, you know, this, the demand's going to be there. Your marketing efforts will pay off and the dealers will do their job and the customers will be happy. And then you have to, you, you cannot procrastinate and wait till you see the results and maybe then improve and increase your request for capacity. And I can tell you the first year, uh, you know, when I got here 2016, I obviously wanted to see the efforts and I was a little bit more, maybe more conservative. Mm -hmm. So we, we may have not asked for, you know, additional volume because we, you know, I thought, well, I need to prove myself. We need to get it going and then we will get, we're going to get extra production. You didn't want to make a mistake. It's exactly, like, yeah. exactly. You're afraid to make a mistake. Um, but then, you know, fast forward six months later, we were sold out of cars and wow. inventory is low. And, uh, and we're like, well, we now are, you know, the, uh, hostage to our own success because we've, 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 um, warmed up this whole engine, you know, we, you know, so much, so well, we're super proud, but guess what? There are no cars to sell. You did an amazing job. Exactly. Um, so I think we learned that lesson. So we used that confidence in this last two years following, and we're using it today. And that's what I keep telling my team that we cannot plan for failure. We have to plan for success. And of course we have to adjust along the way, but we have to plan for success. And I think that's, uh, yeah, that, that's the key. That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that, that, that story. And when I talk to many business leaders, executives, entrepreneurs, they, they always have 
someone they speak to. So I'm wondering, and I'm really curious, Alex, if you could name a person who had a tremendous impact on you as a leader. It could be a mentor. It could be someone alive, someone you don't even know, someone dead. <laughs> um, uh, who, who, who helped you along the way? Um, well, I was blessed, honestly, with, with a, you know, many, many good business leaders and or leaders in life, if you will. Um, and I think that I'll just maybe use a few, you know, mm -hmm. examples. Um, you know, my, my, my several managers along the way, both back in um, Eastern Europe uh, with Ford Motor Company, you know, when I joined, um, just, you know, every step of the way you look up to your uh, manager and, you know, somebody to learn. Um, I had a, um, I had a great boss, our CFO for America's Ulla Schrolander, who Swedish gentleman, you know, um, we're a Swedish company, um, you know, obviously as, as a nation, as, as the management, um, uh, uh, material, if you will, you know, these people represent certain traits, yeah. you know, that there's certain stereotypes, right? But Ulla <laughs> came in extremely, um, you know, strategic and conceptual. Uh, and it was, you know, very interesting how he, really instilled the sense of responsibility for your, for your own results. Like he pretty much said, if you believe in something, you have to fight for it. But then you also need to remember that, you know, uh, the end result is your responsibility. Like, yeah, there are circumstances, you know, there are other factors, but at the end of the day is yours. And that's what you need to focus on. You can't focus on, you know, excuses. You have to focus on what you control and just then maximize. So, you know, great influence on me still is still there. You know, we're still in, you know, great relationships, uh, have a great relationship. Um, the second person, honestly, I'll tell you is my wife. Um, uh, and I'm talking business influence. You know, my wife is, um, uh, in human resources. She, she works for Hanuel. She runs their uh, global talent acquisition, actually. Um, and having that HR professional, you know, by my side, uh, and first of all, learning from her, uh, you know, in every and any area of, you know, managing people, uh, you know, new technologies, uh, uh, new management uh, approaches, it's really helpful, you know, and I think she was a great, you know, she was an inspiration for me, my pride, obviously, but then, you know, day to day, um, um, you know, good, good uh, uh, mentor from a business standpoint. An advisor too, Yeah, right? an advisor too, 100%. You know, it, it was really good to have that business person in your family um, that uh, can support you. And you can actually, honestly, I'm looking up to her yeah. in many ways. That's amazing. Um, fun question, Alex. If I were to ask any of your team members, past, present, colleagues, peers, mm -hmm. what's the best leadership quality that Alex has? What do you think they would say? I would probably say, you know, without being too humble, is you know, driving results. Because I'm very, I'm very, very results oriented. It's funny because I think you ask the question, what do they think? I may not think that same way about me, okay? Because I think that, of course, I want to get results. I want to get the, the right way. I mm -hmm. want to analyze, you know, all the factors. Um, uh, but I heard a number of times that it's all, you know, driving to getting things done. Um, that's probably, yeah, that's one, one thing I, they would uh, say about me. That's great. I mean, that, that's a good trait. And that's something that definitely great, successful leaders have as one of the traits as well. Um, but Alex, what else is going on? Do you have any special projects, any initiatives, anything fun that you are super excited about, maybe losing sleep about personal or within business that you'd like to share with us today? 
Well, I think the launch of Care by Volvo was a big project for us. Um, just made it happen about a month and a half ago. First ever subscription in Canada, you know, first for us. Um, uh, we did lose some sleep over it, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, because, you know, it, it's it's that interesting model uh, where, while it's mobility, it's subscription, there's this whole perception that um, and fear from the dealer body that we're trying to bypass them, while, you know, in our setup, and in our model, they are a huge part of success in that story. So yes, you can order a vehicle online. You can subscribe to it online. You can, you know, pick and choose what you want. And the, yes, you don't have to negotiate the price. But at the end of the day, once the vehicle arrives, you go to the dealership. It's easy, much easier. And, uh, they're a big part of the process. So, so I think that stressful component was making sure the dealers understand that we're not trying to replace them. We're just trying to make the experience easier and more seamless and digital and and convenient for the customers. Um, It was obviously putting all the pieces together to how to run the program, you know, including, uh, you know, all the maintenance and concierge service and winter tires and and, um, you name it. And of course, launching the product and we're still, you know, uh, trying to make sure that people are aware, our customers are aware that it exists. We're the first company out there to launch it. Um, and make it successful. So I think that's the current project that, you know, was stressful, is stressful. Um, I think the second um, uh, point and the second answer I'll make is uh, we have a great brand. We have unbelievable products, you know, and I I keep telling people that um, in my career, there were different times where, you know, you sell the product, you like it, you know, you're not sure 100% that it's the best in the market. You, You find the pros, you find the cons. And right now, I'm the luckiest guy calling me in business because I am so unbelievably proud of what, you know, we offer that, you know, you don't have to sell. You just need to tell people personal experiences and, you know, and, and retell stories from our customers. And um, so, so it's easy on the one hand. On the other hand, the lineup is complete and we want to grow from here. So we can't grow by launching another car, another truck. We will, obviously, over time. But right now, we need to grow with what we have with the full portfolio. So, and that's an enormous challenge because everybody's out there, right? And, you know, Canadian economy, you know, there are different expectations right now. You know, the car business was uh, dropping the last, what, eight, nine months now. Last month was a little weak for everybody. And, yeah, we've, we, you know, we're the most uh, growing brand in Canada this year. Um, the highest growing and the fastest, excuse me, the fastest growing, but uh, there'll be next year. We want to grow again. So yeah, figuring out the way, how do you do things differently from the competition, whether it's marketing, whether it's experiential marketing, whether it's social marketing. Um, and that's, that's what keeps me up. Well, that's, that's super excited. I'm really excited for you. I wish you luck with, with that. And if there's anything, obviously we could do with the audience, with our platform, let us know, but we're happy to share a lot of, a lot of these programs and even those videos of your interns as well on our podcast. But before we end, Alex, if you could just leave us with your final thoughts, any observations, ideally what, I like to share is actionable recommendations that you that you could share with the listeners listening today, um, whether they're starting their career or, or later in it. Uh, great request. Um, I'll just share with everybody my personal philosophy and what made hopefully you know me you know re- relatively successful, depending how you look at it. But uh, remember, I grew up in Soviet Union. I'm from Eastern Europe. I speak with heavy accent, <laughs> which I'm very aware of. So, um, 
you know, I'm a leader of a big company with a big brand. So what, what allowed me to get where I am, you know, immigrating to Canada, you know, I'm very proud of it, you know, that I'm part of this growing community. Um, but looking back, you know, a couple of things, you know, a, you know, being self-aware of your pros, of your cons. And by the way, you know, you know, your, your, your weaknesses and uh, your strength, they will continue to change and develop in your life. So you have to look back, seek, you know, advice and seek input from your friends, from your family, from your colleagues to understand, you know, what you're doing right, what you're doing mm -hmm. wrong. So, so self-awareness and, 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 and being humble in, you know, every step of your career or your business. Um, I think being humble is, you know, one of the, one of the key things. Um, it's always better to maybe underestimate yourself a little bit than to overestimate, in my opinion. Again, that's what helped me. Then uh, when I moved to Canada, I got the best advice from one of my coworkers uh, when I worked for Ford Motor Company. Um, I asked him, so what do I need to do to be successful? He's like, hey, do your job, do it well, go over and above when you can, show that you care. And by the way, the rest of the process will take care of itself. And I was lucky that Ford Motor Company had this you know, structure and had this environment, again, forever grateful to these guys, but that's what worked. And then when I came to Volvo, now 10 years ago, it was the same approach. You have, you know, your area, you want to be humble, self-aware, and just do the best you can without really comparing and uh, to everybody else, without looking for excuses why I didn't get that promotion and somebody else did. Uh, just do what you want to do, do it well, and things will happen. And I think that's really... Um, you know, to, to, you know the summary of um, the advice that I'll give people: self-awareness, being humble, and just doing the best you can. And then hopefully, you do what you like to do, um, and that's extremely important. Um, you know, I love this company. I love my job. I love my team. Um, and I and I, maybe I'm fortunate, but I keep telling my team that this is the best environment in my life. And hopefully, you know, it's going to continue to get better. That's amazing, Alex. Thank you again for for. Taking the time, but before I let you go, can you tell us where we can find more more information about you, obviously Volvo Kennedy organization, or anything else uh, you'd like to share? Of course, um, we you know we were present uh, as a company. We're present on all the social channels, you know, Instagram, Facebook. We're trying to make it better and grow. And uh, <laughs> of course, you know, you're welcome to visit us and uh, you know uh, give us some feedback. We always look for feedback. Um, on LinkedIn, we're trying to also be a little more active on LinkedIn. That video that I mentioned about our company and about our environment, you can find it on LinkedIn. Uh, we're still growing. We have open positions. I'll use this opportunity to yes. tell our listeners, hey, guys, you know, come on in, take a look at the jobs. You know, we are always uh, uh, welcoming, you know, new new talent into our organization. And personally, I am on LinkedIn. I'm not as active as I'd like to be on social uh, but, you know, I'm there, so uh, feel free. And most people really uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, and I am super easy. Like, I, I don't discriminate, so I try to help when I can help. Awesome. Alex, thank you again for taking your time to join us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Thank you. That's it, Biz Leaders. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Business Leadership Podcast, episode number 90 with Alexander Livovich. If you want to learn more about Alexander, Volvo Cars Canada, or anything else that we discuss, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 090. Our sponsors today are Pungo, a business payment solution that helps remove business payment friction 
by making payments fast, connected, and easy to use. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Please join me on my free private Facebook group called The Business Leadership Group, where where I share daily insights, answer your questions, and and connect you with other like-minded leaders. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to my podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you're listening to your podcast today. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Help me.